Welcome to Geekly Speaking, a podcast about all things geek, movies, games, comics, television, and everything in between. I'm Jamie Leanne. I'm Cameron Pilo. And uh, today we are talking about three fun topics. Fun topics. Uh, so first up, we're going to be talking about the Power Rangers and the Rita Repulsa costume reveal. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Doctor Strange trailer that dropped last week last week or so a little behind but you know and then we'll wrap up the show with our review of the first episode of season six of game of thrones yeah and i guess a little bit before that too because there's something they don't know that you do i guess what do you mean well i mean the fact that i've never seen game of thrones except from this literal week of marathoning five seasons of game of thrones in preparation for this yes and now he's obsessed so i I think it was totally worth the marathon. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not obsessed. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you were excited. I was excited. I was. But uh, we'll get to that. So, okay. Well, Power Rangers movie coming out, I don't know, what, 2018? I think that's the... Is that? Let me, let's check what that yeah, says. I have no idea. But anyway, so they just, they, they announced Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa, you know, a few months ago, I guess two or maybe four months ago. I can't remember the exact timeline, but... Earlier this year. Yeah, earlier this year, or even last year? No, I, I think it. it was this year. Okay. Well, they talked about how she was going to be Rita Repulsa, and I was like, okay, I guess that's a good choice, I suppose. And what's the... It looks like it's 2017. 2017. Ooh, I can get excited about Power Rangers and be a kid again. But, so they released the co- the the design for the costume, and honestly, my first thought was the fact it kind of reminded me of... The 1997 uh, movie starring Natasha Henstrich, Species, which was basically an alien who came from another planet, I think it was Mars, and basically wanted to reproduce because she was like the last of her kind. But it kind of reminded me of that because if anyone's seen that movie or at least clips from that movie, there's a part in it where she kills a guy by drowning him in a pool and like you see like her bone structure like shift to a very reptilian-esque like mold. And looking at the articulation of Elizabeth Banks's costume for um, for Rita Repulsa, it looks very reptilian to me. Um, like if you look at the picture, like you have this like articulation, the bone structure in her in her on her forehead, and then the costume is green. Yeah, it's very green. It's very green. Um, Why do you think they went green? I mean, compared my... to the original. So I think maybe this is also trying to show you know. They're, the original kind of seemed very comic-y, I guess. Yeah, it's very witch-like. Um, and I think they're, they're probably going to have this more rooted in some sort of drama or something like that. Like some, a, a little bit more adult, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do think that the green will come into play with the Green Ranger. Yeah, she, she was actually the one who brought that up. Um, I mean, when we look at the original, I mean, it's it's very comical, but it's like very witch-like in appearance. This looks very alien to me. And this looks more threatening, I think. It does. I mean, it's very green, <laughs> very green, very scaly. Even her hair is, is green. green. Yeah. Except for those like gold. Those those sort of remind me of like the backs of like like reptiles, I guess, right? Where they okay. have like their oh, like the fins. Yeah. Like on iguanas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Or uh, like a Spinosaurus, I guess, or yeah. whatever they're called. But like, yeah, I she brought this up, but like, you know, it looks very dragon-esque. It's very green, very scaly, very pointy. Mm-hmm. And watching Game of Thrones, 
<laughs> Makes you think. Like dragons. Yeah. What's a uh, what's a uh, Danny's main dragon? Dragon. Dragon. Like he had spikes like literally all over his body. So this kind of reminds me of that. And I'm well. I'm kind of thinking. Well, what we're thinking right now is that this is gonna come into play with like the whole Green Ranger. Like maybe mm-hmm. she's gonna come. Like maybe come to Earth or what have you from a distant planet, which was actually um, kind of the plot in the original Super Sentai series. Well. The the original Bandora, which was her name, she was originally from Earth, but then she got sealed away on like another planet, and the planet was sent away, and then the planet came back essentially, and that's what the space dumpster, which people of the original series will remember, um, is when the astronauts opened it up and let her out. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's probably comes in from another planet, some way, shape, or form, like a lot of Power Ranger villains do when way or another, and she's like, you know, what? I'm gonna conquer some things, and then obviously. What's going to happen is the Rangers going to show up and they're going to try to put a stop to her Grandmaster plan, which might be to turn everyone into dragons. Who knows? And then maybe when that doesn't work out, she probably get like a teaser at the end saying like, you know what, that was just a test run for my ultimate goal. And maybe we'll see like a glimpse of like the Dragon Zord at the very end, mm-hmm. uh, like an end credit scene or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we got Green essentially representing the Green Ranger. And also, this just popped in my head. That gold, like on her fingernails and on her head. Mm-hmm. What does the Green Ranger have on his chest? Gold. A gold shield. Yeah. Right. So I think this this might be a thing. Yeah, I I definitely think it's alluding to it. I think it's definitely a throwback for people who watched and liked Power Rangers as a kid. Or, oh yeah. You know, so I think that they're reaching out to their fans that way. Yeah. And people can make and infer whatever they want just from this picture because this is the only picture they've released of any of the cast this is true i mean they've done like a group picture of the rangers but they haven't done them in uniform in uniform right we haven't seen the suits and i have a feeling they're gonna do like this reveal where it's like one at a time you think so yeah you know i mean i just feel like that's what people have started to do where they're like you know we're gonna tease you so we're gonna give you one person at a time I just, but I guess the only issue with that would be is that every costume would just be a palette, a palette swap. Yeah. It would just be a different color. They could be showing, you know, their Zords. Is that what they call it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the Zords. It could be, yeah. And That yeah. would be really cool. I would love to see what those look like. Oh, yeah, especially with the new tech. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to go practical <laughs> with puppets? No. You don't think so? No. Do all CGI? I think so. Oh. You, did you ever, did you see that, uh, that Power Ranger fan film? You didn't see that? No. Oh, they were they were totally watching it. Well, anyway, anyway, let's, I'll just I'll sum it up. The Zords, as briefly as they show up, mm-hmm. they kind of look like Transformers, like the way that they move and they're like they were very reminiscent of like how Optimus was fighting Megatron in the Michael Bay films, except obviously at a very tall scale. Mm-hmm. Like one of one of the Zords gets chopped in half and like or whatever, and literally like kind of like like melts. As it cuts through, like you see the red and just kind of just melts, and you see the the um, the metal just melt away as it just burns right through it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think they're gonna go that route. I kind of hope they don't. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted I wanted to see it look. If we're talking Zords, I do want to see it be able to say I know that that's a that's a Megazord, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to go like super like Michael Bay Transformers with. Oh them. yeah, that would be really weird. That'd be super weird. I feel like it'd be really out of place. But then I'm also kind of curious. Now you got me thinking that with this kind of like vastly different costume design for Rita. I am kind of curious what they're going to do with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Because, did you ever see the Ranger, the Power Ranger movie from like 90, 
five. Yeah, like a lot, like when it came out. A lot of it came out, but like, remember how like the suits were like the original suits were obviously very spandex with like mm-hmm. a glorified motorcycle helmet or a bike helmet essentially. Yeah. And then like when the movie the movie came out, it was like literal like body armor. Mm-hmm. Like yo, if stuff goes down, they're gonna be okay. Yeah. But then they went back to the very spandex. I think that was mainly for budget considerations, right? Like, you can't do a full body armor thing for, like, a 30-minute TV show. That's true. But I mean, when they did the next movie, Turbo, Power Rangers movie, Mm -hmm. they went back to the spandex-esque costumes. But then again, that was more of a relaunch from Zeo to Turbo. And then basically that was in between. I'm like, you're just shaking your head. Like, I don't know. Like, I watch original Power Rangers. That's it. Okay. I'm all about the OG. Okay. I I watched until Lost Galaxy. I think I watched about halfway through Lost Galaxy as far as I went, which is about 99, I think. So I was uh, definitely a big kid who still loved his Power Rangers. I still love my Power Rangers. Yeah. I mean, you read the comics. I love, hey, I love the comics. I love the comics. They're great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. Very reminiscent of the Green Ranger. Very green, very scaly, very dragon-esque. Definitely going to be watching this when it comes out. Yeah? Definitely. Is it because of me? Well, I mean, I liked Power Rangers as a kid. You, you know, did you guys take naps in kindergarten? Not, maybe like a few times, but not often. So, where I grew up, you had to bring a mat to school. Right. So, my mat was pink and it had the Power Rangers on it. Dope! Exactly. Okay, I had a, my, in the second grade? Mm-hmm. No, first grade. It was first grade. First grade, red Power Ranger lunchbox. Oh, that's so cute. And it had one of those, like, it had, um... Did, the, did it have a little thermos? And the lo- top was red? Yes, yes. <laughs> and when you uh, shifted it, it had one of those, like, very, like, foil-esque, like, stickers on it. On, oh, you know, like a the... holographic type of deal? Yeah, so, like, if you shifted it, like, the light bent a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, on, like especially in the silver areas, like, you know, bent based on the light. So, yeah. I think I still have that one. Oh gosh! Please I, don't dig it up. Why? I can take it to work. Okay, you can totally pack your lunches. Those lunch boxes aren't very practical to pack your lunches in. Yeah, for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Exactly. But, but we can't have that anymore because we're on a diet. Yes. So anyway, so do you like the costume? I do. You do? I do. I think it's very interesting. It makes me want to watch the movie. I mean, I was gonna, I would have watched it anyway, but right. I'm glad that it kind of went away from. Co- Whatever her old costume was, which was ridiculous. Like cone boobs. Yeah. I just like everything was cones, not just her boobs. Like her, her hair, hair was, cone. was cones. And you know, as a kid you're like, oh, okay. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's something they kinda of poke fun and laugh at. This looks actually kinda of threatening. Yeah. I think it's like you know, it's growing up with the people who grew up with Power Rangers. Yeah. Like yeah. I think if they released it and it looked like what it did when Power Rangers first came out, people might be like, oh, that's kind of weird. That's yeah. like so co- childlike. It's very corny. The original yeah. Ranger, the original series was very grounded in corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The comics aren't. That's why you should, everyone should read the comics. Exactly. So, all right. I like it too. I mean, I, I questioned it at first, and but then just discussing it with another person, like really kind of like put things together. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, with that being said, I kind of, I dig it. I dig it. Now I'm excited what the Ranger suits are going to look like. Exactly. And I'm excited for what the Zords are going to look like. Yeah. I wonder what Zordons are going to look like. You think he's going to be a floating head in a, in a, in a cylinder? I don't think so. Ghost. I, I don't think so. I think they're going to like bring it to like modern times and he's going to be like a hologram or some shit. Like some stuff like that. <laughs> like the um, like the Doctor in, the, in Star Trek Voyager? 
Okay, I didn't watch Star Trek Voyager. Okay, he was literally, it was a regular dude. Mm-hmm. He was a dude, you know, played by an actor, but he could walk around, but he was actually a hologram. So, okay. I don't, I don't think he's going to be like the... No, I think, I think he'll still be a head. I just don't <laughs> think he'll be a head in, like, this thing that kind of looks like a, like it should be, like, a, a cylinder that shoots you into space or something like that. <laughs> tube. Space tubes. <laughs> space tube. Just like in Futurama? Yeah. The tubes. Exactly. Yeah. It, you know what it reminds me of? What? The heads of Futurama. It does. That's like, I, I would actually be okay if there was like a head that was sitting on like a, a shelf and this was their person that they were going to. Honey, that would terrify children. <laughs> that would terrify children. Mommy, what is your head in the jar? <laughs> I imagine that's exactly what they react. But then again, if this is PG-13, they're going kind of hard in the paint about, hey, this ain't this ain't your your your, uh, your kids Power Rangers. This ain't your kids Power Rangers. This is your teenage Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers grew up. It just took them uh, 23 years to do it. Oh man, Power Rangers came out in 1993. That was in, that was five. So anyway, I like the costume. She likes the costume. We're excited to see more. Exactly. Alright. So, next, I guess, is another movie. Yeah, reveal. Reveal. About a, we're about a week late in talking about this, but mm-hmm. but we had to rewatch it, because mm-hmm. I think we, you, I think, what was it? Admittedly, I was, uh, I think I was pooping. Yeah. He the... was, he was not in the room while I was watching it, um, but Jimmy Kimmel came out with the Doctor Strange trailer. I don't know if they, he had a guest or anything like that, and all of a sudden I saw my Twitter feed just, like, blow up, like... <laughs> You know, Doctor Strange trailer, and I was like, wait, I wasn't even expecting this yet. Yeah. Like, I mean, I... I love when they do that. Yeah. When you're we, like... But we know the movie's coming out later oh, yeah. on, so it's like, you know, but you kind of expect it to come out, like, when Captain America's out in theaters, and that's, like, the leading trailer or whatever, right? Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah, but then, 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 I mean, when it came out, we're only about less than a month away from Cap 3. Yeah. So. And so, of course, I was, like, you know, running to the other side of the apartment, like... Did you see it? Did you see it? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just sitting there playing games while pooping. On like like a typical, I guess. Dude. Uh, Guy. T- typical. You do it too. <laughs> I would say typical, I don't know. Person? Human. Yeah. Human being. Yeah, human being because pretty much everyone does it now. doesn't exactly. matter. Everyone has their phone with them in the bathroom to, in order to poop or play games to look at Facebook or do whatever. So. Yeah. But that's off topic, so... Doctor Strange trailer dropped last, last, I would say it's last week, probably. Yeah. Like, I was excited when they first announced Doctor Strange. And then I was extremely excited when they announced it as Benedict Cumberbatch. You love Benedict Cumberbatch. I do. I would watch anything that he's in. (laughs) I will will literally watch anything he's in. So, did you watch the uh, the Fifth Estate, then? I did not. Oh, see, he was in that. You know, it was the movie about the... um... Julianist... Assange? Yes, yes, thank you. I don't know any of this. I just like know things. I know bits and pieces of things. I don't know details. Mm-hmm. Um, what other? I'm assuming you saw Star Trek. Star Trek? Yeah. I mean, see, he was like, he was in Atonement. He was like that little pedophile dude. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I, I need that. This is a little off topic, but I got to talk about it. Do you think they cast men in their cover match in so many things as of the last, say, three years due to his success on Sherlock? I don't know if it was Sherlock. I mean, Sherlock probably did put him over the edge because he used to be like, he used to do smaller things. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess Atonement wouldn't be considered. A, it's like a, like a. What do you call that? 
uh, not indie, but that sort of film. Uh, well, like it's not a blockbuster. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very. This is something similar to like it's not a, okay, basically because I mean how you catalyze films, I guess, are just like you have indie films and you have blockbusters and you have everything in between. Yeah, whatever, wherever those are. I would say it's more like, you know, I know Atonement was a period piece. I know yeah. that. Yeah, but I think Sherlock, I think, took a while for people to get in, like, fall in love with it the way that they they've fallen in love with it. And I think it's because you know, it came out and it had three episodes, and then it like slowly started to get like this cult following. Yeah, and then he was being cast in other things. He was gonna, he was cast as Smog. And then he yeah. he was in Star Trek, and Con. so, mm-hmm. which they like up until the movie came out was like, no, he's not playing Khan. And then, but, but everyone said he was no. Every, every person on the internet said he was playing Khan. Every movie producer was saying that he wasn't. And then it turns out, uh, yeah, you guys kind of guessed this like six months ago. He's playing Khan. Yeah. And then JJ literally had egg on his face. Yeah. That's why with Star Wars, he didn't say a damn thing about exactly. about anything. He's like, I must nope. Nope, no false, no false ads, no false articles, nothing. Just pure silence and it worked better. Yeah, but I think, I do think he has a very, he's, and even now, like, he's not in big movies, right? Like This is probably his first, first like, super su- hu- huge movie. This is his first leading big movie. Yeah, as opposed to, I mean, I would say. Like, he was in Imitation Game and he was the. Wasn't the, that movie, like, really good? Yeah, that, I mean, that movie's. Like really good, it got Oscars. nominated. Nominations, okay. So it's like, I think this is gonna be his first real blockbuster. Yeah, that's gonna really put him on the map. Like yeah. people who love Sherlock, who know Sherlock, who've followed him through his career, I think would really enjoy. And they know that he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. He can play so many different roles and do really well in them. Yeah, um, he played a villain great yeah and so it's gonna be really cool to see him play like i don't even want to say he's a hero hero he's like he was a he was a dick of a doctor 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 strange for people don't know is kind of an arrogant ass Mm -hmm. he is a he's like a super ridiculously successful neurosurgeon like millions of dollars in the bank just ranking it in as neurosurgeon he's cocky as all get out and he's kind of a douche and then he gets into an accident, as shown in the trailer, and he gets into an accident, and he basically is unable to use his hands. Mm-hmm. Well, he can use them. Problem is, he constantly shakes. Mm-hmm. So, and they they alluded to that in the trailer. Oh yeah, no, they showed it. Like the like like when he like held his hands up, like in the wash the hand washing scene, he's washing his hands, and he holds them up like any doctor does, like you know, with his gloves and ready to go. And in the very next shot of the trailer, his hands are shaking like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he cannot control his hands. Yeah. So, because he has uh, nerve damage, but, or something along those lines. But yeah, I mean, you're excited about the fact that they cast, uh... <laughs> you're going to say it, like, all wrong. You're like, <laughs> Brandon Dirch Cumbersnatch. No, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. We locked, we locked, we watched a lot of ETC. So. Yeah. But, so, I guess even for me, I was not, I'm not well versed in a lot of, I guess, television mm-hmm. in a way. Because, you know, I don't, I, for me, like, I don't watch a lot of TV per se. Like, I guess I'll, I'll binge a, a show after it's come out in its entire season form. 
but then like unless i'm like drawn into it at first like like i have an interest in it then i'm probably not gonna watch it sherlock and even game of thrones are those examples where i'm just like eh, like i kind of want to watch it but at the same time i'm like eh, i don't know if i want to commit to it you know mm-hmm. i'm just not sure if i want to commit to it or not whereas i can use like with say for instance daredevil like season one like said you know what bam one night just jumped on it it was like eight o'clock at night i watched like two eps two or three episodes of my friend's place and i'm like yo i'm going home watching this and I was just going to hang out and stay up for a little bit. Next thing I know, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I finished I finished Daredevil in one night. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that's where Netflix went right with their original series. Uh-huh. Where they released them all at once. I know they, they tried. I don't know how well it did. Where they did like an, an episode a week or something like that. Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember what show it was, but they tried to do that. But I think where Netflix really shines is that they can allow people to binge, to binge an entire season, like House of Cards, right? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, for me personally, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I have to get you into. <laughs> but that She's show trying. is hilarious. If you ever watch it, it's hilarious. So, as a very large fan, I guess we can just obviously say, I've been in the Cumberbatch being Doctor Strange. You were very happy with the casting. Yeah, I actually think he looks like him. If you look at the like comic source material, you're like, did he was he was he born for this role? Like his hair, like like his face, like it's true, it's true. I, I just think, and then the shot of him in his like costume. I mean, you don't see his face in the costume in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. he's walking up the stairs in like Grand Central Station. And you're like, <gasps> but then yes. the, then we saw the Entertainment Weekly shot where he has literally the mustache, mm-hmm. and he literally has like red and pink like lightning coming out of his hands, and it looks pretty dope. Yeah, you're like, okay, you look, you look the part. Yes, you look the part. I mean, that's one of the worst things when they cast someone who does not fit the part, and mm-hmm. I, and it's it's always a joy when they do that. I mean, with say Wolverine or uh, Hugh Jackman and Wolverine, mm-hmm. it just felt like this was perfect. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, even though there are some detractors. Um, him and Deadpool. Like, mm-hmm. it just feels that this works. Yeah. And, I, I mean, even for me, as a person who did not really jump on the Benedict Cumberbatch bandwagon, per se. That's of, a lot of bees. That's a, that's a <laughs> lot of bees. Um, since I didn't jump on that, I knew about his, I guess, his repertoire, mm-hmm. I guess is the word, enough to be like, you know what, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, even when they said, like, Hakeem Phoenix was kind of in the running, I was like, I'm okay with that, too. Mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, generally... I just don't, I don't like to see characters get cast and I'm just like shaking my head like, why this person? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like when they were like, oh, Miles Teller is in the, you know, the shortlist for Han Solo. And I immediately was like, no. no. So. I'm like, he looks nothing like him. He yeah. looks way too soft. He does look really soft. So we got someone else now. Yes. Which is nice. But, I mean, from the trailer, mm-hmm. how do you feel in, overall? I think... I'm interested. I I mean, I want to watch it. Yeah. I'm interested. We're, we're going to watch it. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Doctor Strange. I only know, like, the main thing that you would really need to know about him. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the one one uh, good uh, one is the um, the Marvel animated movie of Doctor Strange. I watched it. Um, I watched it a few years back. I actually really enjoyed it. And it kind of really put me in a way to, like, kind of understand him a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a little different, though. Like, it was, like, a little different um, in regards to, I guess, his background. But I don't know. Maybe they pulled that from somewhere else, or maybe that's just extended background that we're probably not going to get here. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? And I, I'm 
I'm interested because it also has a bunch of great people in it. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen and Chiwetel Ejiofor. I can never pronounce Chiwetel No, I'm just like, I'm like Chai. I'm literally like Chai. Yeah. I can pronounce names for Jack, so honey, you're fine. But I just think it's very interesting because the trailer doesn't tell you anything. The trailer is just a beautiful... Closet of everything that's going on and that's going to be in the movie, but it doesn't tell you why, what, what's his motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to be like the big bad? I'm assuming it's going to be Mads. It's Mads Mikkelsen so, because, but they don't know who he is. Yeah, like they're not saying; they just know that his eyes are like corrupted and very stony. And that's the only, and the only reason why I would think it's him is because Mads Mikkelsen always plays like a bad guy, right? So you're just I, like I never seen him play a good guy. I mean, <laughs> I guess he was a good guy esque in Hannibal, except he wasn't. That's like drawing the line a little. That's like he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help. Uh, who who is Will it? Graham? Will Graham, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, um, so I'm gonna help Will Graham, but I'm also gonna kill people and on the, eat them and eat them. Nom nom nom. Um, but yeah, I mean, he always plays a villain. But the, yeah, I, uh, well, the thing the thing was is like I guess I can give you a little bit of background on on him. Like after his accident, mm-hmm. he spends like his entire fortune trying to get the ability to use his hands again. He's like talking to any neurosurgeon, anybody, just give me the ability to use my hands. Like, let me go back to doing what I did. And basically everyone's telling him we can't. Mm-hmm. And it's like one, of, I guess it was like one of those weird things where like, I, I don't know if they actually tell him, like, but the only person who could probably do this and fix your nerve damage was you. Yeah. Like he's like the only one. And he's like, well, I can't perform surgery on myself. But then he hears about in, you know, the Himalayas and in Tibet, I believe is where he was about a person named the ancient one who can essentially heal all wounds. Mm-hmm you know, heal any sort of disease or whatever. So he goes, basically takes the last of his money and he goes, you know, um, across the other side of the world to the highest points of the world in order to find the ancient one. And then he finds him and then he's like, I've been watching you for a long time and you are destined for way better things than... Fixing fixing people's brains. Fixing people's brains and cashing in and being essentially a kind of a doctor version of... Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and then he basically learns the magical arts from the Ancient One and from um, Modo, I think his name is. I, Chiofor, uh, Chiotel Ejiofor. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I can't... I think it's Baron Modo. Yeah, Mo- Modor. Yeah, I think that's it. I know that he ends up being a villain, right? He does. He, he does. ends up being like his arch nemesis. Yep. The, him and uh, he... But I don't think it's gonna be that in this in this movie. I think that mo- this movie will set up for that. It will. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking along the lines of <laughs> way off. But wh- watch it be like a buddy cop film with Chia Four Edge Four and uh, and uh, Benedict, just like being it's like. Oh man, they have like the like their names. Oh, it's like they're they're match made in heaven. I think buddy cop movie. They're running around <laughs> just like saving New York, and then because I mean, I imagine. All right, terrible example, but I, this is why I imagine. I imagine that. Chia 4 is literally going to be kind of the mentor towards Doctor Strange, or mm-hmm. to Benedict. He's going to be kind of his mentor, kind of like his senior to his junior, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining that this is what's going to happen, and he, they're going to go on some sort of missions, or they're going to do something, they're going to train together, what have you. Okay, very Obi-Wan and very Obi-Wan, the Anakin kind of thing going and what I imagine is that the Ancient One is probably going to favor Benedict, saying that he's going to be 
you know, Sorcerer Supreme, and then uh, Tier Four is going to be like, no, that's supposed to be me. I'm supposed to be next in line, and mm-hmm. he's going to be like, no, you're you're not. It's not you. I know it's not you. And there's probably going to be some sense of jealousy, and then that's probably going to unravel towards the end or something. Or maybe it'll just come out of right out of left field, like they did with um, Green Lantern. Did you watch Green Lantern? No. Okay. Well, to sum it up. Uh, Mark Strong's Sinestro was basically all fine and dandy with Brian Reynolds's Hal Jordan, all fine and dandy. And then at the very end, for some reason, he takes off the yellow, the green ring and puts on the yellow ring, and basically starts the Sinestro's corpse. Is basically the, the the teaser at the end of the at the movie. Problem is, the movie was it's watchable, but it's bad. It's it's to the point where Ryan Reynolds can't even play Green Lantern anymore. He's got to play a different character. He's like, no, I got I. I Gotta go to the other side and play with, you Deadpool. know, Deadpool. So I can't even be a part of DC. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, so yeah. So I'm thinking it's either gonna go one way, go one or two ways. Either the relationship's gonna unravel on screen, and then it's gonna come out the head at the very end, mm-hmm. one way or the other, and then he's gonna, uh, 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 Baron Mordor is gonna go and find Dormammu, or he's going to, or Dormammu's gonna speak to him throughout the film, one way or the other, kind of like. Some sort of temptation mm-hmm. of the dark side, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or they're gonna pull it out of left field. I'm hoping it's kind of the former, mm-hmm. like the relationship unravels, so that way there's an actual natural progression progression of character, as opposed to say, "Up, oh, no, they're mine. I'm evil." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you did a great job. Thanks for saving the whole city." By the way, I gotta go over here. And contact some dude about a thing, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, the thing we're planning, let's do it. It's like, and just like say, I'm done. It's like, sorry, take ancient one, I'm gonna kill you, and then whatever. I've no idea. So, but favorite part of the trailer? Oh, I think. What would be my favorite part of the trailer? I will say this: I really enjoyed how kaleidoscope it was. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, the transition between shots and some of the ways they presented some of these shots. Were yeah, really where it's, like... The Mads Mikkelsen, like, walking down the hallway and, like, shaping the room around him was probably my favorite part. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dope. Yeah. You know, it's very kaleidoscope-esque. And maybe they're, that's kind of, like, the theme of the, the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very kind of twisted in reality. Yeah. I think my... I think my favorite... Not necessarily part about the trailer, but my favorite thing about the trailer is all of the all of the juxtapositions that we have throughout. Like him going to the window where he looks all dressed up, and then you see him in the next shot where he's like basically, Drab. yeah, you know, he's not he's no longer clean shaven. He's got like a full beard. He he kind of looks like he's lost himself. Yeah. And then you were just mentioning the part about like him washing his hands, and then next scene is him holding his hands in that exact same garb and it's like you know i just feel like it's showing you two like, sides of a coin exactly yeah i mean i guess my whole tra- my whole thing is just how how kaleidoscope it is and just like how just how twisted i guess overall it is mm-hmm. and then yours is just bouncing from shot to shot like flipping a coin yeah i think it was a put, well put together trailer yeah um but yeah, I think I'm excited for it. I know that they are receiving a little bit of backlash right now. Tilda Swinton. Yep. Yeah. Um, I remember reading that they the I think a good the thing is is that obviously you have a British woman playing a character who is supposed to be Asian with a full beard. Mm-hmm. But I think they were also trying to avoid the 
kind of like the stereotype of the fact that like the very like stereotypical like almost racially insensitive portrayal of a of a Chinese man with a very very long beard you mm-hmm. know I think they're like the really... king from Mulan was he the emperor from Mulan the emperor from Mulan <laughs> I mean I guess I don't know why they would I, I guess people were kind of upset about, I guess that depiction mm-hmm. but then again if you look at a lot of like you know like Chinese art or you know Asian art like they they, they have that kind of depiction like Confucius has a very depict depicted in such a way where he has a very very long white beard with a very like pencil thin mustache that drapes downward, mm-hmm. or um, who was the uh, that the guy from Kill Bill Volume Two, Lo, Lo not Lopan. That's that's a different movie. Lopan. What's what was Lopan again? I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> but I think they were trying to avoid that. So, in doing that, in trying to avoid some sort of racial stereotype, mm-hmm. they created a whitewashing situation. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably just trying to. And Tilda Swinton has played, I guess. She's she's really good at um, balancing the line between like male and female. Mm-hmm. I remember she played Gabriel in Constantine, mm-hmm. um, Keanu Reeves in Constantine back in two thousand five, and she was essentially gender genderless. Mm-hmm. Like you could not tell one way or the other whether or not it was a guy or or and girl. Maybe that's what they're trying to do with this, right? Maybe they're not trying to show that the H one is Chinese, and I'm not. I'm not saying that whitewashing in Hollywood is okay oh, no, by we, any means. We're going to have a talk about that later. Yeah. Another um, podcast, though. But maybe where they're going is maybe they're trying to show that the ancient one isn't a person. It's a, uh, like... He, he or she is whatever... They want to be. They want to be. And maybe I'm just stretching here, you know? Maybe. But, I, I mean... I don't know enough about the source material to be like, is it really important if that's his race? I mean, we know that it takes place in Tibet. In Tibet, yep. So, but he, he Benedict Cumberbatch, is going to Tibet to mm-hmm. learn. Mm-hmm. So, why can't the ancient one also be like that? Where they're not from Tibet. And, you know, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I think ultimately it's like, yeah, wall washing in Hollywood is obviously... Really, Bad. really terrible. It's god awful. It's like we we're gonna have to talk about that later. Like I said earlier, but it's like maybe um you know here here's actually a good example that what they might do is that the fact that have you ever seen the Venture Brothers? No. Okay. Well. Oh yes, I've seen like one or two episodes. Okay. And then I was like, I can't watch this anymore. Oh come on. <laughs> okay, but anyway, there is a okay. Um, you know about do you, do you know about Doctor Orpheus? No. Okay, well, Dr. Orpheus, he's a necromancer. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, he kind of looks like Dr. Strange in a way. He has a very Dr. Strange look to him. Mm-hmm. And he's a necromancer, and he um, his like teacher is essentially like a being who lives in the astral plane. Mm-hmm. And his teacher can literally take on any form that he wants. Mm-hmm. Like, he's taken the form of Dr. Orpheus's like ex-wife. So... Maybe they're pulling something of Venture Brothers into this, where the ancient yeah. one is like, you know, maybe maybe he, he's Tilda C. Uh, she is Tilda Swinton one particular moment in time, and then another point he ends up looking like John uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, who knows? Or and I think anybody. she she actually kind of doesn't look. She looks plain. Yeah. She 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 doesn't have any distinct features or anything nope. like that. Shaked head. She really looks kind of like you can swap out Molter. whatever you want just molder and i think 
her being so, I don't want to say generic, but her being so plain and not very distinctive mm -hmm. is probably what they were going for. Maybe. I mean, this is all, I guess, spec this is all speculation. Yeah, speculation. And uh, probably a little bit of justification. Maybe. Maybe. But if they, like, come out and say, you know, she's, like, ancient Chinese, and you're like, okay, no, you can't say that. She does not look anything Chinese. Unless all ancient Chinese were white people. Well, Who knows? I mean, Marvel is going to try their best to, you know, obviously swing this in such a way that it justifies or it rationalizes why things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nick Fury traditionally was a white guy. Yeah. But, you know, the ultimate Nick Fury was black, and he was actually modeled after Samuel L. Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like how there's backlash about Iron Fist not being Japanese. Uh, Chinese. Chinese. But, well, there's backlash in saying that they're whitewashing a character. The thing is, is that Danny Rand was always a white guy. Yeah. But he was made during a time where like exploitation of mm -hmm. like black exploitation films and stuff like that were a thing mm -hmm. so they kind of pulled this like his conception was the fact that he's a white guy learning martial arts but danny Rand traditionally was always an was always a white guy he was a blonde-haired white guy straight up mm -hmm. to, like within the comics when he was introduced but then you know and people were like oh we're, we're hoping that he wasn't going yeah, they, they wanted to cast an Asian in order to kind of diversify for the sake of diver diversification. Mm -hmm. In order to, like, create a role for an a, a actual prominent, uh, you know, a figure in the Defenders that was other than a white guy. Because you already have Daredevil, mm -hmm. you have Jessica Jones, and then you have Luke Cage, who's obviously a black guy. You know, they're probably thinking, you know, it'd be a good idea for Marvel to diversify this slightly further by casting an Asian guy as Danny Rand. Yeah. So, but when they stuck true to the source material, and people were still angry. So I think there's a, a there's kind of a war that we'll never win. You know, it's it's like the old saying: you can you can please some of the people some of the time, but you cannot please all the people all the time. Exactly. So that's just how it is. Um, but we'll get into the topic of whitewashing in Hollywood probably in another episode. We wanted to wait a little bit. For more information about a particular subject, but we'll see what happens with yeah. that. Um, we'll give you a hint. It's Ghost in the Shell <laughs> and, jo and Charlotte Johansson. So, okay. Well, yeah. we're, I mean, it's a Marvel film. We're going to watch it. I mean, it's a Marvel film. I don't think we're not going to watch it just like any DC film we're definitely yeah. going to watch. So, I guess it doesn't, I mean, we're going to watch it because we love blockbuster films that are just that we love the source material or we love where they come from. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously if it's like some funky thing like way out there like was it the Huntsman? Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. We'll, wait, we'll maybe watch that when it's out in DVD or something Netflix. like that. But, you yeah. know. I'd probably not like give my give my money worth. I'll, I'll give my movie money to any comic book film though. Yeah. Automatic. Mm -hmm. And I guess any anything that's based off of something I guess, I suppose. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see about it. So, and then so our last topic, we're going to be talking a little bit about Game of Thrones. So if you have, have, not, have haven't watched the first episode of season six, you probably want to turn it off now. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. If you are <laughs> planning on doing that, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. But, but let's give it a second. One, two, three, four. All right. So as we said at the very beginning of the of the of the episode i personally have not seen 
just about anything in regards to Game of Thrones. I've seen bits and pieces. I know of major plot, you know, plot points that happen in the show, but I've never really seen them lead up to that to that event. Mm-hmm. Like I knew about Ned Stark being executed at the end of season one. I did not really know the circumstances in which he was executed. I knew it had something to do with the fact that he knew of Joffrey's conception and the fact that he's a product of incest. I knew about the Red Wedding, but I did not know it had to do with the fact that Rob Stark. Um, Allied to uh, what's the first name? Something Frey. Walder Frey. Walder Frey. So I did not know it was because he went back on his word against Walder Frey. I I knew about the Red Wedding. I did not know about that. So going into this, kind of blind for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say that you have converted me. I'm converted. I I mean I was kind of kind of apprehensive about Game of Thrones. I do not know why. I think it's just my general feeling towards not wanting to jump on something, you know, after it's gotten hot. I don't want to be considered like a bandwagoner, I guess, you know, jump on it. But I've always kind of had an interest, but I just, just not enough to kind of nudge me over, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's like kind of cross that precipice. I just needed someone to give me a push. But, um, but you gave me a push and you know what? We watched, okay, disclaimer here, we did not watch all five seasons ridiculous in the matter of a week's time yeah both, i mean i've seen all of them he's not seen all of them i've seen at all, this point. i've seen all of season one all of season two and all of season three i've seen the first two episodes of season four and the last two episodes of season four and season five i saw the first two episodes of season five and the last three episodes of season five mm-hmm. which are generally from from your perspective pretty much covers everything yeah there there'll be some plot points that you miss or whatever but I think, and most TV shows are like this, where you can kind of watch, like, the beginning and the end, and you can kind of get what happens, unless it's, like, one of those shows that takes, like, a mid-season oh, hiatus. Does Game of Thrones like, do that? Please tell me they don't. No, so... They don't, they don't do a Walking Dead where they stop halfway through no. and bring it up, like... They do the, the full ten episodes. And then you sit down on your hands for a year. Yeah. Okay. Basically. It, it normally comes around around April. At least okay. the last couple seasons have been. And so you... You don't get, like, five episodes, and then they don't give you a couple. No, they give you all all ten. Yeah. But, you know, every single week. Yeah, because been, I mean, I remember in this, on you know, the whole mid-season finale thing, I think I I was okay with it with the show that was a little bit longer form in terms of a season. Yeah, like, with Game of 22 episodes. Like, at 22 episodes, they do, yeah. like, 11, and then they do 11 in the summer, and then they wait about three or four months and then bring it up back in say january mm-hmm. and then run that to its end then i'm i'm okay with it burn notice did that yeah like burn that's Not- what most like tv shows that are um like on cable cable TV, yeah, yeah will be you know yeah. they'll have the full 22 episodes but for shows that are kind of like on hbo i can't think of an hbo tv show that had like full maybe maybe something like sex in the city had like a full 22 yeah but these are you know kind of like big production shows so oh, they, yeah. they really don't need to no. do a full 22 um but yeah mostly shows that are like on abc or fox or that sort of thing usually will have 22 episodes yeah they'll take 22 episodes but then they'll take or 13 or they'll take a break because the holidays and stuff like that like i think like when i used to watch ncis a bunch like they would go. They would premiere in September, and they would go to. They would take like a two week break in November because of Thanksgiving and whatnot. And then they'll take like a three week break and. Excuse me. They'll take a three week break in, December for Christmas and whatnot. And continue forward, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I actually like the fact that, you know, ten weeks from now will be the season 
finale for Game of Thrones, yeah. and I'm excited. So, all in all, I guess my whole thing with Game of Thrones is right now I really enjoy it. I think my favorite characters right now are obviously Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Shh, babe, he's fine. He's fine. He's no, fine. He's not fine. He's fine. He's, he's on a freaking table right he's now. Fine. He's fine. Ghost is like right next to him. Babe, he's fine. He's fine. I'm telling you, he's fine. Okay. Um, Jon Snow, obviously. Uh, Sir Davos, I really mm-hmm. enjoy him. Um, Stannis, when he was not a... Before he, like, burnt his child alive. Yeah. Even then, he was... He had his moments. I would think he was a little bit insufferable throughout his entire show run. Mm-hmm. But at certain points in time, especially when a certain red priestess was around. Yeah. But when he's, like, on the battlefield being a boss, I'm yeah. like, yo, Stannis is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I think my, I'm not gonna lie. I think right now one of my favorite characters is probably Theon. Theon? Mainly because he has gone through a journey. Yeah. He's gotten, he's went from being pretty content Mm -hmm. with, you know, and being, you know, loyal to the Starks, being loyal to Rob, and then all of a sudden going back home and his dad treating him like shit. Mm-hmm. to wanting to prove himself to literally go into the dark side yeah. essentially you know taking over Winterfell and um uh faking the deaths of Bran and uh, Rickon um it's like and then him like being, being like made into like a, a pet. Shit, a shell of yeah. himself and now he's kind of like with him being with Sansa like and being with we're not going to say it just yet but, you know, him, like, being with, around Sansa again is that he's probably going to kind of come back mm-hmm. in a way. And I'm kind of wanting to really see that full circle. That, that I want him to see him go full circle. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts off okay and then, you know, fine. And then he goes down and he goes really, really high when he decides to be a conqueror. Yeah. Then he goes to the lowest kind of lows. Then he comes back to, like, you know, to the Starks and, you know, being, <laughs> being loyal, loyal. And, just, and being just being that guy, yeah. you know. So I'm kind of looking forward to that journey, if he does, in fact, take that journey, or at least have some sort of redeeming act. Mm-hmm. And I guess rescuing Sansa was probably the first step in that act. Yeah. I kind of, I'm really excited to see her character growth yeah. throughout this season. I mean... Because she's gone on a trip, too. She, yeah, you you start off and you hated her. I hated her at first. In the first couple episodes. Because she's and, so, uh, oh my god, she's but, like... I so mean, I'm that's naive. her character, I, Yeah, right? I get that. So she, she's like this naive little girl who all she wants to do is be a princess. And you be know, a queen. And that sort of thing. And then she realizes when she gets to the capital that this is not, this is not true. This like, is her not, fairy tales aren't true. This is not sunshine and rainbows, And she, honey. she basically just, you know... Gets put through the ringer. Yeah. Like, she just goes through, you know, torture. Uh-huh. She has to marry somebody she doesn't even love and... You know, she doesn't, she just is kind of like basically having to be put through all this stuff because of who she, like who her family is. Yeah, because of her name. And then, you know, she gets sold off or, you know, to Ramsey. And you didn't see these, these episodes or like the wedding night. And, oh, you're talking about the rape scene. Yeah. So it's just like. I read it on Wikipedia. Yeah. Don't judge me. You know, you kind of have to feel for this girl yeah. like, and and on top of all of this she has to watch her father get executed. executed she hears about how her husband's family basically um murdered her mom and her brother and they mutilate her brother where they like cut off his head and they put 
Grey Wind's head on him. <gasps> Grey Wind! I know. Grey Wind! Any, any of the dire wolves. Um, I think, is it Ghost the only one? Ghost and uh, Rickon and uh, Bran's dwarves are the only ones left, right? Oh, and Nymeria, uh, Arya's. We Ar- haven't seen Nymeria in a long time, right? So yeah. we've the last time we've seen her was episode two, I want to when say. She t- when she shoes her away, because yeah. Lady died in ep- at the end of episode two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grey Wind died at the Red Wedding. Yeah. Um, and then it's only Ghost and then... Who are, who are Bran and Rickon's wolves? Uh, Summer and Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog? Shaggy Dog. <laughs> is, that, is that Rickon's? Yeah. Figures. But it's basically like you, she's, and then she, you know, she thinks that Theon has killed Bran and Rickon, right? Yeah. She, she's basically thinking she's alone in the world. She doesn't know, nobody knows anything about Arya Stark at this point. Right? Oh yeah, she's. She's I mean, like on her own. Oh yeah. You know. And Bravos. I can't wait to see her like just become a full on boss. Yeah, like She's blind a... Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil's obviously in line, but <laughs> <laughs> blind Daredevil, blind Daredevil. But Dare the the Game of Thrones version of Daredevil. Um, but yeah, she's kind of been through crap, oh, and yeah. for her to like now be back in the north, and you know the north remembers. Yeah, the north remembers, and I think she'll get a lot of bannermen behind her, and yeah. she'll be able to fight back against the Boltons because oh, yeah. they basically they, 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 they ruined her. They ruined everything. Yeah. Fuck the Boltons. Yeah. So, I guess from going from the end of season 5 to season 6, mm-hmm. are you satisfied for what they did in season 6? Like, th- this episode? I think they opened up pretty well. Yeah. Um, I think it closed a lot of loops, right, mm-hmm. that we had. I mean, we wanted to see like the Dothraki tribe that took Danny, like we wanted to see what what that led to. Yeah. Um, we knew that based off of like the clips that were released. You know, I didn't watch any. I just knew about. I, I think I only watched the one scene in which Davos is. Uh, which they didn't have in this episode. Where he's like, yeah. where he tells, where he tells Ghost, "I'm sorry, you have to see this." Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. probably gonna be in season episode two. Yeah. And that's um, like the only thing I saw. But we basically, you know are coming full circle of, like, we see that Sansa and Theon may survive the jump. Yep, and they're running, which they're is running. ridiculous. How high of a jump that is? I think it's a pretty high jump, or pretty high fall, but they fell into snow. Fair right? enough. It's been snowing for some time now. Fair enough, that's a good point. Um, I was going to say, what they do, parachute roll? Yeah. <laughs> they probably did. Well, Her, pre- her dress can probably do it. Oh, the, the whole uh, Princess Peach Super Mario Bros. 2 where it just flares out and she can glide for a second? Yeah. Good lord. Um, and then, you know, they... One of the things that was, like, kind of left unknown, uh, which at the end of Season 5, but then the showrunners confirmed it, was, like, is Stannis really dead? And then, you know, they... The Boltons are talking about, yes, he is really dead. Yeah. They want to find... They want to congratulate whoever actually killed him. Yeah. So they must have found the body. Yeah. Um, and so we know that Brienne is the, is the person that was mm-hmm. uh, responsible for that, just based off of season five. Um, and then, you know, basically we get a, a snapshot of Marine without Danny, where it's kind of like pretty run down. They burnt, I mean, I don't know, are we talking spoilers now? I guess um, so, yeah. So they, I mean, they burn her ships down. So that's like the way that she was going to get across the narrow sea to rest Westeros. So it's kind of like wrapping everything up and then kind of starting off new storylines mm-hmm. because now you're now you know 
what happens to your favorites or that yeah. sort of thing. So what's next? <sighs> and I just like that. Um, I just kind of want to see what happens with like Ed and trying to get the wildlings on their side. Yeah. Which I think was a really like a smart, I don't know, transition on like how they're going to kind of combine forces. Like, yeah. Um, because obviously, I mean, yeah, I think everyone knows at the end of season five, you know, some selected members of the Nightwatch portray Lord Commander Snow. You know, with, um, what's his? Ollie. Not, uh, not Ollie, but the, uh. Oh, Alistair Thorne? Thorne, thank you. I was like, I was about to say Theon, but I was like, that's not right. So with Alistair Thorne and Ollie and a, a bunch of other nameless jackoffs, mm-hmm. um, you know, portraying it, I'm just kind of wondering, it's like, now, obviously, all leading up to all this, I mean, Sir Davos is with Ed and the other members of the Night's Watch who are loyal to Lord Commander Snor- uh, Snow, and then obviously we have to, I mean, Sam is tra- off becoming a magister, right? He, Maester. He's a, Maester, sorry. Yes. So he's got, he's going to become Maester, but he's not he's not gonna, he's not going to come back for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're seeing much of Sam and Gilly this and little Sam uh, for a while and much in this season, honestly. That's what I kind of feel. I think he's going to be gone for a while, and then he's going to come back, and then he's going to hear what happened. He's going to be like, "I'm never leaving you again," kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and this is all assuming that John comes back to life. Honestly, I feel like he is. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because just based off of like rumors and set pictures, you're kind of like. I think just generally speaking, I mean, granted, this this show is notorious for killing off main characters. It mm-hmm. is, but the thing is, is that when they killed off main characters, they've always had other characters to really pick up the slack. Yeah. In previous seasons, when Ned Stark died, they had Rob to pick up the slack and doing what he and doing his thing. And then from that, you know, they've always had characters that can literally kind of fill those gaps mm-hmm. by giving them more screen time and giving them these characters that we probably don't much know much about. Obviously, after Ned Stark died, we had more of Rob, more of Catelyn, we had more of Sansa, mm-hmm. more of Arya, more of Jon. Now, season one was very Ned-centric, and then season two and season three was very Rob-centric. And I guess the argument could be made that... Maybe, like, season four, with the amount that we saw, was probably very, like, King's Landing-centric with a little bit of Night's Watch. So, kind of, like, a interesting divide with between uh, 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 with uh, Sansa and Tyrion and Jon and a little bit of, uh, and obviously, um, uh, Th- uh, Theon getting tortured and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they are, they have to fill the gaps. And I kind of feel like they have, they've made so many gaps that they can't really fill anymore because they, they can't really introduce a new character that's going to fill those holes mm-hmm. you know f- at this point in time yeah i mean granted if they probably killed john way earlier in the I mean, obviously this is all what if but if they had killed john earlier then they probably would have had you know a little bit more aria a little bit more sansa and those just kind of keep going but now like storylines are obviously blending you know uh brianne basically brianne theon um Sansa and Pod, fucking Pod, yeah. Pod is the shit. Um, you know they're all together. So you have these storylines merging together, mm-hmm. and then you still have John, and you know John and Davos are now. You know Stannis is dead. Yeah. So Davos has like nothing else to go to, with the exception of um, Red Priest. Oh, Melisandre. Melisandre. I, I want to say a name something different. So yeah, it's like. But at the same time, he doesn't really like her, right? Yeah, but like literally, like these characters within these certain like settings are mm-hmm. literally coming together, and I think that I mean, unless 
they decided, okay, yeah, we're going to... Jon Snow is dead, and then Davos is going to be the new guy in, in Castle Black, which may or may not be a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really don't think so, yeah. but... And I think at this point... You need those, like, pillars, is basically what I'm saying. I also think at this point, like, we... We've gotten so far away from what it started off being with, with like, the War of the Five Kings. Mm-hmm. And I think that they really have to start working their way and building King's Landing into the story of, you know, it's, the White Walkers are coming. Yeah, it's very on an island. Yeah. And the Lannisters don't get it. Yeah. I think the only one who could potentially get it, honestly, is mm-hmm. probably Jamie. Yeah. Like, I think he's, because he's the only one with a Venerian steel sword. Yeah. He's the only other person. And well, Tommen, if he and Tommen, if yeah. he got um, Joffrey's sword, but you know, basically, what's happening in King's Landing, what's happening, Marine with Danny, and what's happening up in the north? You literally have a triangle. Yeah, and so the north, I think, is going to start blending together. I think Sansa's going to get the people behind her to fight the Boltons, and I also think that you know she might end up being she might end up getting some White Walker followers because. Like they were saying, the White Walkers owe their lives to Jon Snow, and Jon Snow. You mean White Walkers? Oh, not. I, mean the, <laughs> I know I keep doing it. The, the Wildlings, the Wildlings. I'm sorry. So the Wildlings owe their life to Jon Snow, mm-hmm. and Sansa's Jon Snow's sister. Yeah. Right. Like, and they, you know, Wildlings are always up for a fight. Oh yeah, they're they're ready to throw down. So. And I think they're willing to get as far south. So if they're gonna fight their way down south, mm-hmm. might as well fight behind somebody that has something to fight for yeah um especially when you have someone like brianne you know also right there next to her it's like you know with her all her commanding this captain phasma glory i know well this is like it's so strange like to see her being such a badass in game of thrones and then you know her being wasted episode eight episode eight it's okay it's fine it's fine um and i was really excited for her you know because any anytime she's on the screen, I'm just like she's gonna she's owning it. Like yeah. Brienne is pretty awesome. She's pretty dope. And you know, yeah. I'm kind of excited to see what happens. I think this is gonna be a a war filled season. Oh yeah, and those are typically the best ones, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, people. I mean, you told me that people consider the episode the first season to be the best season, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. not I think not the very. I don't think the season as a whole, maybe, mm-hmm. but definitely like. Uh, Baylor, which is the episode where Ned Stark gets ex- executed, is probably well regarded as like the best episode. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I knew about the execution of Ned Stark going into that, but just this is just from a filming standpoint and production standpoint. They sat on that mm-hmm. like that tension for a while. Yeah. Like I think basically from him walking up those steps and, and, and you know confessing his treason, mm-hmm. obviously, you know. To the point where he gets his head, that's probably a good, like, 10, 12, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. Just that alone, maybe? I don't know. And then when it, like, all goes quiet. And quiet and slow motion, like, and what, what people in the literary world like to call this is called catharsis. And what that is is the built-up of stress and anxiety inside and then ultimately the release. Mm-hmm. So literally this entire sequence is literally catharsis as it just builds up the tension, the tension, and all of a sudden you just see the sword go right through, you see the sword go pass through and then bloody on the side and then it just cuts, cuts yeah. to black. And then that's, that's your release. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the, and I mean. I thought they did that with the Red Wedding. You cut Catelyn's throat and then 
cut to black. Yeah, but I think the thing is with the Red Wedding, though, like, I didn't, I knew the Red Wedding was coming. Like, it was about to happen. But then as soon as it, the initial thing went down, like, I kind of mellowed out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like it was necessarily as insane as Ned Stark's, like, in terms of just a... Like, just how the build-up and the tension was. It wasn't that same kind of level. I mean, I would say it's probably a more shocking moment. Mm -hmm. Because, granted, if you've never seen it, it's probably a more shocking moment on the initial thing. Because you're going, holy shit. The Starks are getting massacred right now. Mm -hmm. You know, from basically one of their own bannermen. And uh, Walter Frey, who's a douchebag. But, you know... With the execution of Ned Stark, you pretty much assumed it was it, it was going to happen. Yeah. But the way they filmed it and the way it was presented to you mm-hmm. meant more than the Red Wedding did because you didn't see it coming and therefore you had that initial shock. Yeah. But then it kind of just you just you just dropped out and just kind of bottomed out and you're like shit's going down. This is what it is. There's nothing nothing good is going to come out of this. Mm-hmm. But that's just how I felt. Yeah. So I mean. Getting back to episode one, season six, and what we hope for in season six. Are you pretty excited for the rest of the season? I am very excited. I think Malisandro is going to bring back John. No. I think. I think there's been like clips I just, or stills. Like, I just wonder like why they haven't been like, we need to burn his body, right? Yeah. Because everyone knows if you don't burn your body. They come you, back. Yeah. And like if John comes back, he's going to want it. He's gonna want to take lies. Oh yeah, you know. Now I'm what I'm kind of thinking right now is like just for the setup of the night, like Castle Black and the Night Watch as a whole. What I'm thinking right now is that obviously shit's gonna go down. Mm-hmm. Davos, you know, I say Davos and the other unnamed people in that cabin plus Ghost stuff is gonna go down. I'm pretty sure all the unnamed people. I don't know if they're named. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they are. Okay. I only know Ed, and he's uh, he's getting he, he, to get the wildlings on their side, and I think it's gonna be. I think it's Ed, Davos, and the wildlings are left. Yeah. I think the other two guys, all the rest of them, those guys are gonna die, mm-hmm. except for you know it's gonna be basically Ed, Ghost, and Davos. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be still alive, and then um, John is gonna be on the table. Okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Ed is gonna show up with the wildlings, a la Gandalf the White in. Two towers. Yeah, he's gonna like come just out of. Sh- sh- you know, sh- stuff is gonna be look bad. It's just gonna be literally Davos and Ghost there by himself or something or whatever. Or Ed's gonna show up a little earlier and say they they're not coming mm-hmm. or something. And then all of a sudden, just out of left field, you know, boom, wildlings show up, start tearing people apart. You know, all all whoever. And I'm kind of thinking because they're down on men. I think some wildlings are just going to tear off their clothes and they're going to become crows. Yeah. Well, I don't think... I, I think at this point, that distinction doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. That's what I'm saying. They're probably just going to be like, fuck it. Or maybe they're just going to keep it on, but they're just going to hang out on Castle Black. Yeah. They're, they're just going to be chilling. It's just... I think that we've gotten past the point of like this whole war between the kings and then the whole war between... Wildlings, wildlings and, and crows. Yeah. To the point where it's like, it's everybody... Against the White Walkers. It doesn't matter. And Nothing think, matters anymore. It's just, this is it. Yeah, I think the problem is with the Night's Watch is the Night's Watch is still stuck in their ways. John and the Wildlings are starting to see, like, we can't, we can't rely, we can't just, like, be at each other's throats. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die if we don't unite. Basically. And I don't think that we've got, I think we're at that point where we can shift away from 
mm-hmm. the Night's Watch being one thing and the Wildlings being another, and yeah. hope that this season really like tries to blend that together. Yeah, and and hopefully it does that because I mean it's this season. Is it is it two more seasons? I think it's two more. I think they they've officially signed on for season seven. Okay, um, but I don't know if they. There's rumors about a season eight, but maybe it ends at season seven. I'm not too sure. <laughs> you know, be kind of nuts. Yeah. But it's like I don't know if they do season six, season seven, and then they do like just a Lord of the Rings esque, ridiculously big budget like movie. Basically, yeah, like hour and a half episode, hour mm-hmm. maybe a two hour episode, just one big extravaganza of just stuff going down, you know. So that's that'd be kind of cool. I mean, they might do that for the season finale, uh, the series finale in episode, in season seven. They mm-hmm. might, who knows? But. I guess just due to the fact that you know we have all these characters who are finally coming together in one place, with the exception of Danny and Tyrion and Jorah and um, the Lannisters and the Lannisters in King's Landing. It's like because you essentially, like I said earlier, you have a triangle of things going down, and everything in which the series is essentially focusing on, or at least what's going to happen in later seasons, starts in the north, mm-hmm. and that ultimately Danny's Danny's issues and her with the with the um, you know marine and whatnot that's that's ultimately probably not going to make a difference um, the Lannisters I think the Lannisters are probably going to go to war with Dorm mm-hmm. they're, they're going to war I yeah. think they're going to war and then I think a, there's going to be a big body count on both sides on both sides of that uh, onslaught and then that's not going to matter but basically I think the major focus in the next two seasons is going to be the North the conflict with the Boltons the Battle of the Bastards and all that and, each, and all that and then once North is taken back by essentially the Starks, whether it be by basically by Sansa, because she's like the only known Stark that's still alive, because no one knows where Arya is. I think once they reclaim that, then it's just it's just gearing up for the Battle of the White Walkers. They're like, you know what, you know, we don't know if Arya's alive, but we'll find out. Who knows? And maybe Blind Daredevil Arya is going to show up. Yeah. Blind Daredevil Arya. I, I, we saw we see Arya in season at the beginning at the very end of episode one and she's getting her ass beat by a girl with a stick mm-hmm. and it's like she's about to be daredevil watch yeah so i mean i'm excited i can't wait to see how it plays out i hope it's in the same vein in terms of how everything comes together similar to how like seasons like two and three happened because season two and three are very seamless i think if you were to you could put those two seasons together and you'd have one long season yeah i mean just the way it's all connected um so i'm hoping that like maybe season five and six flow in a similar fashion where five sets it up five sets it up six is the execution and then seven seven is the the things are happening yeah so you know that's how i that's how i'm seeing it right now yep so i mean we're excited we'll probably talk a little bit about game of thrones maybe every episode until it's over even if it's for a little bit yeah it's Um, like it's like did you like did you like this week's episode yeah. Okay. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Depends on how the topic flows, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, we are. We broke. We broke our record. Yeah. Um, I will leave all of our links down below so you can follow us. Yeah, we're not gonna say it this time. Um, because I'm pretty sure that's a little long-winded and hard to listen to. <laughs> but we'll be back next week. I'm. Yeah. We haven't decided what we're gonna talk about yet. I don't but... think we ever decide. We decide like. We literally decided this like two hours before. We're like, if we finish Game of Thrones before we start 
recording, then yeah. then we'll talk about it. Yeah, and we kicked the Spider-Man Homecoming to the curb because we just don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. We know nothing about Spider-Man Homecoming, so we didn't want to talk about it. Aside from like, oh, let's let's play that game where you pitch the movie, and I'm like, nah. yeah. pretty sure there are other people who are way smarter in narrative and plot than I am, and you are. <laughs> Maybe not you. Maybe definitely smarter than me. Mm. You're so smart. Thank you. Um, but we will be back next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook page. Website's coming out soon. Yeah. We that's, got a website. That's being worked on. And uh, do we did we get that thing, thing, thing set up? Not yet. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. It's uh, basically a means to support the show. Yeah. In order for us to keep going. But, uh, yeah, that's it. So... Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> this has uh, been Geekly Speaking, episode two, with uh, Karen Pilo and Jamie Leanne. Yep. So, thank you guys for listening, and like us on YouTube, uh, not YouTube. Uh, all the things. We'll, all the we'll things. list it below. Yeah, but SoundCloud and uh, iTunes, for sure, for the podcast. Yep. So, all right, guys. Thank you thank very much. You. Take care. Good night. Enjoy your Monday, even though Mondays suck.